Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show that feels like winning a national title today. Go Frogs. My name's Greg Tepper. Ribbit. I'm the managing editor. I don't think they rivet. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks, fresh off a trip to the zoo. Yeah. She's Ashley Pickle. We went to the zoo. Yeah. I saw a horned frog at the zoo. There's a horned frog at the... All right, good omen. Mm-hmm. Good omen. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, uh, it that's was cute. Tunes. Okay. Yeah. I, well, it's, it's supposed to be no, vicious, it's, it's, I guess. I don't think it's cute. It is cute, but... I don't know if people... I don't know if even, like, the most staunch TCU homer would be like, aww. It, they're so little. They are little. They're but little, little doesn't mean cute. No, that's fair. Mm. The zoo was awesome. I'm glad. Yeah. Today is Monday, January 9th, 2023, 318 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Sean Paul. Sean Paul. Sean Paul. Do you have a guess as to how old Sean Paul is today? 36. Okay, good guess. Sean Paul is 50. What? Sean Paul was born on January 9th, 1973. Oh my gosh. Sean Paul is 50. Happy wow. 50th birthday, Sean Paul. You know, I was supposed to see Sean Paul last year. He was supposed to Does open up for Pitbull when my mom and I went, and I was so excited, and then he ended up having to drop out of the concert. Maybe it's because he's 50. Hey, Rob! Sean Paul is 50. He had the same Today. reaction. That's crazy. His 50th birthday. Oh, yeah, we're old. Episode That's 1,513? Yes. Sounds right. No, no, absolutely not. 21. 1,521. Nailed it. We're like a week behind. You can, tell, you can tell what I've updated on my sheet. <laughs> on today's show, folks, 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 we're going to talk about some headlines from across state, including uh, Texas A&M has a new offensive coordinator. Uh, and we got some big hardware that's already heading back to the Lone Star State. We'll yeah. talk about that. And then back half of the show, we're going live to the West Coast, Best Coast, to talk about, to talk to, on location, from Los Angeles, 
our own Mike Craven, who's there for the college football playoff national championship game between the TCU Horned Frogs. Frogs. And the Georgia, I forget their mascot. Disres- Seems I'm going to disrespect the dogs today. It's all, di- it's all dog. I want to be clear. I love dogs. And their bulldog is super cute, but. Not making the trip. Do you hear that? Really? Mm-hmm. Won't make the trip. Some people are afraid to compete. That's fair, man. That's right. Do you remember when you know Bebo tried to get him at the Sugar Bowl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's no. Now Ugga's he's scared. Not making the trip. Ugga. Ugga's not making You're the scaredy trip. You're scaredy cat. Mm, scared. Scared. Wow. Mm. Frogs Afra- by fifty. Afraid to compete. Frogs. Afraid Frogs to by compete. 50. That's right. Um, anyway, we will talk to Mike Craven live on location from Los Angeles to get ready for tonight's college football playoff national championship game between TCU and um, I forget who they're playing. The scaredy um, cats tonight. So we'll have that coming up here in the back half of the program. Do we have first fourth through the door? We sure do. It was, I got to scroll up because it's been a minute. Just Chad, Tony Blaylock, Daniel Agnew, and Nick Morton. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, friends. Appreciate you hanging with us on this, the final day of the college football season. Oh, who won the FCS National Championship? Oh, I don't I know. I not even see. I know it was uh, uh, North Dakota State, mm-hmm. South Dakota State. Mank was there working. In oh, South Dakota State won. The Jackrabbits, Good right? Good for them. Yeah. Isn't that their mascot? They've kind of always okay. been the bridesmaid. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was in Frisco. Always the bridesmaid, um, never the bride. They, they really were. 45-21 kind of beat them up. Yeah. So good for them. Congratulations to South Dakota State on their first FCS National Championship. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about some headlines from across the state of Texas. We will start in College Station. This came down, started hearing rumblings about it Monday, came down, I believe, officially on Wednesday, but was being reported widely on Monday and Tuesday. The Texas A&M has hired an offensive coordinator. First of all, let's marvel at the fact that they did it. Because there was some real consternation and wondering if Jimbo Fisher was going to give up play-calling duties and was he going to be willing to let go of the reins of his offense and allow somebody else to step in and run the offense there at Texas A&M? Well, he has done that, and that's a step in the right direction. They have made a hire, and the hire is somebody with some SEC experience. They have hired Bobby Petrino to be the next offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. Bobby Petrino is uh, formerly the Arkansas head coach. Uh, Bobby Petrino is widely, widely considered to be... Um, who, how do I want to put this? I'll let you take this one. Bobby Petrino is widely considered to be two things. One, an elite offensive mind. Elite true. offensive mind. Everywhere he's gone, the offenses have been fantastic. Uh, he was um, the uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Auburn before he was the head coach at Louisville. Remember, he was the head coach of the Falcons for a year. Yeah, then he that's went wild. To, then he went to Arkansas, went back to Louisville. He's been at Missouri State the past couple of years at the FCS ranks. Uh, he is an elite offensive uh, mind. That there's no doubt about that. Uh, that there's there's uh, nothing nothing to you know about about his offensive resume that should be anything less than spectacular. It's a, it's, he's an excellent offensive mind. Uh, the other thing that he is, is, uh, pretty widely not liked. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is, um, he's, he's a bit of a nomad. He's a bit of a, um, a gun for hire. 
Um, this is his third job in a month uh, because he had left Missouri State to be the offensive coordinator at UNLV for um, before A&M called and they hired him there. So he he left Missouri State to go to UNLV and then he left UNLV um, after being there for like a week and, and took the job at A&M. Uh, but a lot of this is going to stem from what happened in in Arkansas in twenty in twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you if you remember, now you were very young. Yes, I was working here, which is how long I've been around. <laughs> um, yeah, I was in high school. Bobby Petrino was in a motorcycle accident mm-hmm. in twenty twelve. He was um, in a motorcycle accident on his riding on his motorcycle was. Um, was a former volleyball player at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that uh, they had been in a uh, an adulterous relationship uh, together, um, and then essentially it kind of all went pear shaped from there. Um, that they it just was an ugly situation. But essentially, not necessarily great press that you want to bring as a head football coach. Uh, there's that. There's of course that very famous. Um, there's that very famous um, uh, a photo of him apologizing with the neck brace, right mm-hmm. at the at the press conference. Um, there was just it. Just I won't go into all the gory details, but it just really got to. Um, all the dirty laundry got aired out, it and it was, was kind of gross. Situation, and it was kind of gross. He he is also just generally, if you talk with coaches around, just talk with coaches, he's just kind of not considered to be a super good guy. Mm-hmm. Now, A and M fans, let me be very clear about this: they do not have to care, and they should not care if he wins, if the offense looks better. If the offense hums, if the offense goes. Um, Another thing that I think is going to be very interesting about this. Bobby Petrino is a very, um, a very strong personality. I was six to say that's where I think might Mm -hmm. be interesting. How, how long until him and Jimbo have a falling out? So that's the question. And that's really. Jimbo's hard headed. in, In a lot of ways. In. In a lot of ways, that's what I am more concerned about. Um, I think what happened with the motorcycle is yeah. gross. Let's, let's hope it's, that it's he's gross. moved it's, on and matured yeah, from exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> let's hope that he's moved on from that. Right? It's gross. Whatever. Yeah. What I'm interested in is how they work together. Yeah. Because in the end, Bobby Petrino is going to have to report to Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. And... This is going to be. This is. I think all eyes are going to be on this. I. This reminds me a lot of when Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Now yep. this is a different set of circumstances. And A&M look- is not Alabama. Jimbo Fisher is not Nick Saban. To be clear, but but Lane Kiffin still got left on the runway. <laughs> but Lane Kiffin is a very strong personality. Mm-hmm. Going up against, you know, the king of the castle. There's no doubt Jimbo Fisher's the king of the castle. So how are they going to work together? That's a real question mark uh, in, in my mind. Especially and here's, after here's, just giving and, and up the play the calling. Thing. What's that? Said especially after just giving up right. the play calling. Oh yeah, like, like it's not like he's had three years to practice with someone who was a pushover, and he's like, all right, I respect this guy's opinion more. Like he just gave it up. And the other thing, and that's the thing. I mean, if things start going sideways. 
does Jimbo Fisher grab the reins back? And how does Bobby Petrino react to that? Yeah. There's just a lot of different maneuver. The, the personality kind of um, potential personality conflicts here are very interesting, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but again, here's the thing. Here's my bottom line of it. You can think that he's icky. You can think that the personalities are not going to work, that, that they're not going to mesh well. But if they put a winning product on the field, you're going to forget about that real quickly. I was going to say, I think we'll know a lot after about three games. I know that they play kind of pushovers in the first couple of games, but still, I think that you'll see if it's working or if it's not. And after three games, we'll have a pretty darn good sample size. Yeah. Um, he is, again, he is a spectacular offensive mind. And if that's what you're looking at in a vacuum, you got it. Mm-hmm. But things don't happen in a vacuum, and that is where the real intrigue lies to me. I think on paper, it's an outstanding hire as far as you're looking for somebody who knows offense. This is a guy who very clearly knows offense. It is all the things around it that are going to make this pass fail, yeah. <laughs> essentially. So there you go. Texas a has new off to Gordon. Um, Saturday night. Saturday night, the Walter Payton Award was handed out. The Walter Payton Award is annually given to the most outstanding offensive player in FCS. Uh, they had the FCS, um, uh, uh, maybe it was Friday night. Um, I, I think it was the award show the night before the yeah. national championship game. Uh, but in any case, it has been handed out, and for the first time since 2016 17, mm-hmm. it's coming home, baby. Let's go. It's coming to the state of Texas. Lindsey Scott Jr., the Incarnate Word quarterback, has won the uh, Walter Payton Award. Uh, for 2022, Jeremiah Briscoe, of course, the quarterback at the same Houston State, won it back-to-back years in 2016 and 2017. But Lindsey Scott Jr., uh, uh, of course, uh, the the transfer from uh, boy from Nichols before he went to uh, before he went to to uh, Incarnate Word is uh, is the new uh, Walter Payton Award winner. He threw for 4,686 yards and 60 touchdowns, leading that unbelievable offense led by Coach G.J. Kinney, who is now the head coach. Texas State, but uh, Lindsey Scott Jr., the winner of the Walter Payton Award, honoring the most outstanding offensive player in FCS. Well-earned, I think. I will be honest, I would need to talk with our call high school, or our small college insider, I'm sorry, our, our, uh, our <laughs> sub-FBS insider, mm-hmm. um, Corey Hogue, about this. Mm-hmm. This seemed obvious to me. I don't yeah. know how close the voting was, but it seems obvious to me. Yeah, considering um, if it was a different... If it's not an offensive award and it's maybe just an overall player, there might be room for like some discussion. But when you slap offensive player of the year in front of it, like there, there couldn't have been any yeah, he doubt. Bro- he, like he broke the single season FCS touchdown record. records, yeah. part, like by beating Jeremiah Briscoe's record. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, this seemed like very clear to me. But, Pretty easy, yeah. But Corey Hogan knows more about FCS than I do, so I'll have to ask him anyway. Congratulations to Lindsey Scott Jr. and Incarnate Word. Yeah, uh, big get there. Great year. Um. Also, and this is a, this is a, a small thing, maybe not a small thing, but speaking of sub FBS football, um, you may remember that the oh, the the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference, uh, and the uh, has formed an alliance with the Atlantic Sun um, Conference. Mm-hmm. Okay, the A Sun. Uh, so think uh, Abilene Christian, SFA, Tarleton, right? Mm-hmm. They've formed an alliance because they didn't have enough 
teams to have the automatic bid, and so they're kind of putting together this this scheduling alliance. Okay, um, it's it's a two year partnership for them to uh, to, to it'll function in a matter of the of a single sport conference beginning in 2023. Um, they have announced that they have a new executive director of this partnership. partnership. It's an odd yeah. situation because they are separate conferences, mm -hmm. but for the sake of football, they are one unit. Mm -hmm. And that unit has hired Oliver Luck to be their new executive director. Now, Oliver Luck has a really... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? robust uh, um, resume. Mm -hmm. He's done a lot of different things, okay? And he's done a lot of different things in a lot of different places, okay? So he was, for example, he was the general manager of a World League of American football team in Frankfurt, Germany, if you're interested in that. Sure. Um, before he was an executive with the NFL, before he went to NFL Europe, before he was the president of the Houston Dynamo of sure. Major League Soccer, before he was um, on the board of governors for West Virginia, before he was, uh, let's see, he helped to see them uh, into the Big 12. Uh, then he was on the he was on the original college football playoff committee. Before he was the XFL commissioner. Oh, that was Remember a thing. that? Yep, I do. He was the XFL commissioner uh, for a minute before it got hired, and then he got fired by Vince McMahon right before they filed for bankruptcy, and then he sued Vince McMahon's whole thing. Anyway, he has a new job. He's now going to be overseeing and kind of be the de facto commissioner for the ASUN WAC football conference. That's I the mean, way to think about it. Hey, if you're good at putting so, things together, which it seems like he is, this this works. <laughs> right, exactly. So there you go. Oliver Luck, the new executive director, uh, you know, think of it as a commissioner of this football conference, which is football only, but football conference. And then finally, uh, some ha some uh, high school news from across the state. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a little bit of a surprise, but uh, but I think I may see, and I'll have to talk with Matt Sepp about this, I think I may see where this is going. So Brownsville Veterans Memorial Co Coach Kelly Lee has resigned there after two years. Uh, he has been really good for two years, 17-7 and seven in two years, including a 10-3 and three mark this past year. Um, he, of course, brought in his really innovative ground strike offense. We had him on our show whenever he was hired. Uh, they run the ball really well. It's kind of an up-tempo run game, and they were very hard to stop. They were, the, 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 the Chargers were really good in the past couple of years. Uh, you may remember one of the headlines about him getting that job at Brownsville Veterans Memorial was where he was coming from because he was the head coach at Eastern New Mexico University mm -hmm. before he came to Brownsville Vets. We had him on the show as mm -hmm. soon as he took the job and said, yeah. why? What yeah, was, we're what like, was up with this? leaving a college football coaching job yeah. to come to high school, and he had great lavish things to say about coaching in high school football mm -hmm. and obviously he was very and successful. he was pumped up about texas right exactly um i'll just say this eastern new mexico is hiring a new head coach today hmm. according to our own Corey hoke we haven't been able to independently confirm any rumors but there are 
rumors and rumblings swirling that he may be returning to eastern New Mexico in some sort of capacity. So watch this space there uh, with the Greyhounds. But, uh, but in any case, Brownsville Veterans Memorial is open. Kelly Lee has resigned after two years. So there you go. There's some headlines from across the state. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loved doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's go west to Los Angeles. They call it the Big Apple. To talk with the college football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football out there in L.A. for tonight's college football playoff national championship game between TCU and Georgia. We are joined by Mike Craven. Mike, how's California? Do you got Mike? I I can hear him. Can you not hear him? No, I can't hear him. (laughs) He's really low. Okay. Mike, you got me? Okay. So, Craven, let me ask you out there in California... You are um, you're there for, for for TCU. What is what is the scene out there as far as TCU fans are concerned? Uh, what what is the what is the vibe out there in uh, in in LA with uh, with regards to the Horn Frogs? Um, of course, they, uh, I think there's no there's no doubt that TCU enters the game as as underdogs to Georgia tonight. Uh, but I kind of want to flip this on on its head. If you're the Georgia Bulldogs entering this game tonight, what are you worried about? What what are you looking across the field at TCU, and what has you a little bit skittish about the Frogs?
talking with Mike Craven, our college football insider, live in Los Angeles here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation and hashtag TF Today. Okay, on, on the other side, um, you know, we, we mentioned that, that this is a really good Georgia team. They've, they've been wire to wire, essentially the number one team in college football, the defending state champs. On the TCU side, uh, if you're Sonny Dykes, what had you up sweating last night? What has you worried about Georgia most especially? takes away some of that nerves and kind of quiets any of that doubt they have inside themselves that maybe they're not supposed to be here. Uh, so you are, you're out there, and, and uh, you mentioned the first quarter. Um, I'm, I'm interested from, from your perspective, and maybe this is a silly question, but, but let's say that you're TCU, and you go out there and you win the toss. Do you want to start on offense, or do you want to start on defense? Because I think there's a reasonable argument on, on either side. Where do you think TCU really needs to set the tone in this game? Yeah, they, they won the toss last week, and they deferred. So I'd imagine they do a, a similar thing here. And the reason I think that is is because you can go into the halftime and make adjustments on offense more easily than on defense. And so with your script, it doesn't matter if you get the ball first or second. Mm-hmm. In the first half, you're going to run your offensive script either way. Uh, coming out of halftime, though, you kind of know what the game's going to look like. You know if you're behind you know, a, a big amount and you need to come out passing. You know if you're ahead and you need to come out and establish the run and, and waste some more clock. And so you know, I think that they'll defer if they win the toss, go on defense, see if they can get a stop, and then get a lead just like they did against Michigan last week. So on the defensive side for, for TCU, because I think that's really where the, the, they're going to have to make some hay against what has been a really explosive uh, Georgia team. Um, I talked a little bit about how I, I'm pretty worried about the, the, the Georgia tight ends, uh, Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers uh, in this game. A.D. Miller, their wide receiver, uh, is back there as well. Um, for Georgia, obviously Stetson Bennett, uh, the fourth, is going to be a key part of what they do. Um, but uh, kind of fill in this blank. If blank has a big game for Georgia, the Horn Frogs are probably in trouble. Yeah, I think it's Bowers. Mm-hmm. You know, they they you know those tight ends are are what makes this Georgia offense different. The, their ability to go into twelve personnel and do anything on a play sheet is just different than any other college football team. Uh, definitely this year and maybe in recent memory. I mean, they're they're really 
they got two first round, second round draft picks there playing tight end that are not only just blockers, but they can go, you know, be wide receivers in the past game. You know, Darnell Washington's health has been up in the air. I think he's the version of Kendra Miller. Uh, for Georgia, where we're just not sure how much he's going to play, if he can play. Uh, that changes things for Georgia if he's not on that field. But, you know, Bowers is a stud, man. I mean, he's like a legit wide receiver that, you know, 6'5", 260, can block, can play inline, can play slot, can get split out. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody in college football who can match up with that. But I do think TCU secondary has been the strength of that defense for most of the year. Uh, guys like Bud Clark, Mark Perry are, are really good, strong safeties, free safeties that can cover. Um, so that's going to be an interesting matchup is, is how that secondary handles uh, Georgia's big tight ends, big wide receivers. And if they have to unload the box enough to where Georgia's just able to run it, uh, that's going to put them in a real dilemma. But they had the same one against Michigan last week, and they figured it out. They've kind of figured it out all year. You've been waiting for this 3-3-5 to kind of get overpowered by somebody, and it hadn't happened yet. And so we'll see if they can do it for one more game. All right, it's time for a very special national championship edition of Craven Bats. Uh, <laughs> and, and so the, the line right now, I'm looking at it right now, the consensus line is Georgia as a 13-point fav- favorite. Mike Craven... Let's hear your uh, where, where's where's uh, where's uh, the corner uh, th- uh, putting their money tonight. I honestly think it's Georgia plus or minus the points. I, I really, I, I guess for me, and this has probably been true all year, and so you know maybe maybe fade my advice here, but it just feels like TCU's a Cinderella story that that sooner or later the clock has to strike midnight. It just does, right? They're not supposed to be here. They were five and seven last year. They were fourteen mm-hmm. and sixteen over the last three years before they got here. As I mentioned earlier, only four players on this team has played past Christmas in a TCU uniform before this year. It's just hard for me to believe that they go into this game against a team who's done it, who's who's been there, who's done that, who didn't play all that well last week that's probably going to come out and play a better game offensively and defensively than last week. I just feel like Georgia's too good uh, for TCU. But... You know, they, I've been wrong a lot on TCU this year. I had them 6-6 six and six in the magazine, so maybe I'm not the right person to listen to <laughs> on, on the Horn Frogs this year. He's Mike Craven. He will be there live at SoFi Stadium tonight for the national championship game between the TCU Horn Frogs and the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, and then you can hear him on Republic of Football talking all about it. Craven, appreciate your time, my friend. Enjoy California and enjoy the game tonight. Absolutely, guys. I'll be good. There he goes. Mike Craven, college football insider. There at Dave for Dave Campbell's Texas football out there at the national championship game in Los Angeles. Apologize for the audio issues there. We were having some issues with the board, but we got it figured out there to talk to him there towards the end. So yes. we appreciate Mike Craven hopping on with us. I waited until 10 o'clock today, mm-hmm. 10 a.m. today to text him because of the time difference. That's a good friend. Oh, good job. That's a good friend. Yeah. Uh, and now before we move on to final thoughts, we this can be part of final thoughts if you want. Okay. Time to put, time to put us on the spot. Oh, no. Ashley Pickle. A national championship game tonight. Georgia. TCU. Who you got? Why not go with the Horn Frogs? I'm a little more bullish on the Cinderella story in a good way than Craven mm-hmm. is. At this point, just go finish it off. I do think that it's hard. Here's my here's my actual prediction for this. If Georgia is up 14 heading into the fourth quarter, I think that the game is kind of signed, sealed, and delivered towards Georgia. But I think that if it is a one-score game heading into the fourth, TCU is the team that has played really, really close games. And they'll have that fight in them, and I'll do that. So that's my kind of stipulation. If Georgia's up by two scores, 
I think it's Georgia game heading into the fourth. If Georgia is not up by two scores, I think TCU will muster it out and be the forever known Cinderella story. There is no reason on paper to pick TCU. Absolutely not. None. Georgia is the more talented team. Mm -hmm. Georgia is the more experienced team. Georgia has the national champion coach. Georgia is the wire-to-wire number one team. Georgia, like, they'll probably have the single best player on the field. Mm -hmm. Might have the single two best players on the field if you count Jalen Carter, their defensive lineman. This this team is loaded, um, and they've played. They were in this spot last year. This is a veteran ball club. There's no reason on paper to pick TCU. Mm-hmm. They don't play football games on paper. Yep. TCU wins tonight, thirty-one twenty-seven. All right. And go frogs. They bring home a national championship. There you go. That's it. TCU thirty-one. George 27, because why not? I like it. I hate when, well, and that's the funny thing about this, is I hate how much uh, sports people use the David and Goliath analogy. Like, it gets really old, but that is legitimately what this is in every facet. Sure, absolutely. But you know what? So here's the thing. So so ESPN, so it's a 13-point game. ESPN's matchup predictor says that uh, Georgia wins this game 73% of the time. Mm-hmm. 73% of the time. They're favored by what, 13? 13. Or did it go down to 12 and a half? Uh, it's, it went down 12 and a half. Now it's back up to 13. Back up it to would 13. not be surprised if it bounced back up to 13 and a half or even 14 by, by kickoff because the smart money is going to come in tonight. Yeah. Like the sharp money is going to come in starting like right now. Uh, that still means TCU wins a game 27% of the time. And so why not? They've they've why done not? that multiple why times not? this year. I just, I just I think that this is a team that forgot they're supposed to lose, and there's something that's kind of dangerous about that. So, I think TCU wins it. Give me TCU 31-27 over Georgia tonight. It's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Mike Craven out there in Los Angeles for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow to celebrate a national championship on Texas Football Today. <laughs>